Welcome back. It's Beyond the Basic Sports Podcast here. I'm Nick Watson. I am Troy Edmonds. And we are officially back again for the second time because 2020 has just been, well, 2020. It's been something else. Yeah. That being said, after, what, almost two months of a break, if even that, the NBA is officially back. A new season began tonight with the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Golden State Warriors for the NBA season tip-off. And as we speak, the Lakers are playing the Clippers. It's been a weird offseason, obviously, because you had when the bubble started a lot of teams that were not eligible to play in the bubble because of the playoffs. And they were just, for lack of, or not to hold back, they were just not good enough to be in the bubble and play or even have a shot to play to get into the playoffs. Um, so, like, those, those teams have been off since March, which will be yeah. interesting to see what kind of impact that has. Um. Yeah, de- um, uh, even for a team like like the Warriors, who we saw play tonight, uh, obviously we're going to get into it in a little bit, did not perform well by any means. They have not played since March. So uh, you can kind of see there the disadvantage that they have. Yeah, and you have – so like Brooklyn was one of those teams that played in the bubble. They didn't stay in the bubble that long, but they still played in the bubble, so they had a shorter time to – recover and I think the balance between the two is is that you have teams that ended basketball in March and what have they been doing up until the point where this season was announced who knows but most of it probably wasn't the normal training or even maybe touching a basketball that they usually do because like gyms are closed training facilities are closed you weren't having team practices So these guys have been doing who knows what since March, at least the Warriors, and the Nets probably since when they get eliminated. Probably like early August. Yeah, so they've had – they've had almost four – yeah, almost three to four months to recover, which is almost if for like if you played in the finals in a normal off season, that's like what June, July ish. So you end around there. That almost puts you at a normal uh, off season recovery time. So it's it's closer to that obviously than what the the Warriors have, but. I think there's two different sides of it because you have people who are probably didn't do anything physically for a while and didn't train. They couldn't train, so they might be hurting. And you have other teams who they were able to practice or play in the bubble, which obviously helped. But then again, like you have, you're going to have teams like the Lakers and the Heat who they're still going to be in basketball shape from the, from the the finals and the bubble, but are they going to be fully recovered for a whole new season? 
Yeah, that is that is the big question there. I I think anyway is that for a team like the Nets, like you said, they have four months off. That's just about the random time frame you the normal time frame you would have if you made it to the NBA Finals. If the season actually played out like it was meant to, only having two months off after playing in the bubble and um, I mean, like we saw, it was not easy by any means for them to win the championship they had to work hard and now not having the normal amount of time to recuperate um i think could be affecting them right now during their game and it's tough you know playing against a team it's tough that they have to have the clippers first but who's you know have they're probably the second best team in the west with Kawhi and paul george and And building off of your also your point of like the players who say haven't done a lot, I think that that is that is also going to play a big role in this season is the people on the teams who haven't played since March. Maybe some of the big name players say like a Steph Curry, may probably has his own private facility he can go to, but some of the smaller name players probably have played little to none basketball since. This yeah. season paused in March. Yeah, because I mean, you got players who I mean, like even if they just have that kind of money to have that kind of like personal like fitness center, like they might be athletically sound for this NBA season. But I mean, who knows if they have? I don't know if Steph Curry has the money, or even if he probably does, but has a like personal like full court he probably does if it's not indoor it's outdoor but even then he's not playing with people and if he was it's very very limited and who knows if they were teammates and it's it was pretty evident tonight the difference between a team that even played a little bit in the bubble and a team that didn't make the bubble and i and we can't say 100 percent sure whether that's due to the bubble because the brooklyn nets who played in the bubble or not the Brooklyn Nets that showed up tonight. Oh, Just yeah, in terms of who's on the roster. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's a, that's probably the factor in it, obviously, because you have KD returning, which is huge. Yeah. And Ky- Kyrie didn't play a lot in the bubble either because he, he had his shoulder injury. But now having both of them back healthy, as close to 100% they can get, playing against a team that hasn't played since March and is missing – Two, two of their star players, Draymond Green with the foot injury and Klay Thompson, with, who will be missing this entire season again, which sucks. I feel so bad for him. And, yeah. And it showed tonight. Yeah. I. It's one of those things watching that game tonight, and you could tell that they lack the um, leadership that like that clay brought like sometimes yeah. clay would carry the team in point points and then uh, other times he wouldn't but he's like like when you had kurt like when you have curry draymond and thompson full 100 percent, clay is either the second or the third option depending on how they play their defense um and he'd still drop almost 20 points, get rebounds and assists, and still obviously contribute and be, like, the all-star he is. But, I mean, tonight, the 
the Warriors starting lineup was Curry at the one. You had um, Wiggins and Oubre as two and three, um, probably just as two two way players. Then they had uh, Pascal at the four and uh, Wiseman uh, at center, who was the rookie. Um, Wiseman had a good night. Finished with 19 points, two steals, and six rebounds. Pretty good night. Curry did end up finishing with 20 points, but he was awful from the three-point line. Like, not even just, like, Steph Curry bad. Not even just not a three-point shooter bad. Just you should stop shooting threes in this game. Which, to say that to Steph Curry, you wouldn't think you'd have to say it. But he was two from ten from the three-point line. Yeah, those aren't the like, especially in the scenario where he, he is, he's the team's best player. He uh, obviously he is when the whole team's healthy. But without Draymond, without Clay, he's who everyone that team is going to rely on right now. And he is one of, if not the best three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. He's got to be better from three-point. Two for ten is not going to cut it, especially against the team like the Brooklyn Nets, who have two superstars on their team. Yeah. And, I, I mean, just looking at the team stats for the Warriors, 65% from the free-throw line, 30% from the three, 37.4% field goal percentage. And, I, I mean, Curry was bad from the field in general. I mean, he went seven for 21. I, I, I just, I, Share the work this sale season by starting your Canva Pro team. For a limited time only, start a team on Canva Pro and pay for one account to get four free. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Random ads showing up on ESPN. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Marketing for your 101. As I was saying, but like, it, it's just crazy. Like, I, from watching this game, it was obvious that this team is now full of a lot of young players who may be talented, but it just hasn't messed yet. I mean, you got Marquise Chris. Um, you got obviously got uh, Wiseman, who's the rookie. Ubre is still pretty young, and he's on a new team, and he ke- he keeps getting shifted around the, the NBA. Andrew Wiggins and then Pascal, who was a rookie last season. And, I mean, like, the, like four, four out of the five starters are – young players who haven't played together real like if at all i I really don't think they have played all together that much i mean the team the team itself hasn't played since march like they had really they've only probably put together in preseason and probably the couple weeks leading up to preseason when they're having team their first team practices and training camp they're they're they suffered in that way and both that they're young and they haven't played together a lot and like that stinks, but since they are young and they will be getting Draymond back probably relatively soon, most likely that you'll see them start to mesh together a little more as the season goes yeah. on. Yeah, and I I think like we said earlier about losing Clay, you not only lose that skill set talent, but you lose that leadership and that chemistry that him Draymond and Curry had, which I I think would have easily made this a better game just even if he didn't put up 20 points just his presence on the court would have made a difference and I, I would have said the same thing about Draymond I mean it was it was pretty obvious the 
the the turnovers and the the playmaking was just was not on point tonight for the Warriors. They there were times where they would be too aggressive on offense and they just turn the ball over, or there'd be times where they'd start to get on a run, but then they slow the ball down, and then it just they they're all the momentum they have would just die. And every single time they either turned the ball over or missed an opportunity, Brooklyn took advantage of it. Yeah. I think the biggest takeaway for the Warriors in this game, 100%, is that as good as Steph Curry is as a player, he is not really suited that well to be the mentor to all these young guys by himself. If he's with Draymond or he's with Clay or with both of them, then definitely the three of them would do a great job of working with these young guys and getting them involved and getting them the experience they need. But I think by himself, I think it showed tonight that he struggles to really have that lone leadership role. I think he needs at least one more veteran with him to help. Yeah, definitely. And it, it it's going to be interesting to see if when how big of a difference Dray- Draymond makes on the rest of the season and if um the Warriors can bounce back. Now, that being said, this isn't a this isn't the Brooklyn Nets of old where if this was the old Brooklyn Nets and they beat the Warriors like this, we it, you wouldn't have thought about it. But I mean, this is a Brooklyn Nets team now with a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy Kyrie Irving. I mean, their starting five is Kyrie uh, Joe Harris, Spencer uh, Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's a it's a team that's built for success, and it's not just KD and Kyrie. What I saw tonight in the game was even when those two weren't on the court, all the bench players or the other starters were also performing. They were all they also had great games too. Yeah, and I I think uh, the play by play. Broadcasters uh, call this amazingly. Steve Nash, and I mean, it's he's only coached three NBA games, two preseason games, and this is his first regular season game, and it's his third coaching experience. But he's already shown a great ability to use all his players in a way where the two of his his two stars got twenty five minutes of playing time, and that and compare that to the start to the to the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins and Curry had the most minutes at 31 and 30. And then Wiseman had 24, Uber had 26, and Pascal had 22. The next highest for the Nets was Harris at 21, Dinwiddie at 20. And then DeAndre Jordan only played 17 minutes. Oh, damn. And then Jared Allen played more minutes at center than he did. He played 20 minutes. And... If you look at the the other th- uh, people who played a ton on the bench for the Nets were Chris Levert, uh, Landry Shamit, uh, Torian Prince, and oh, Jeff Green. And they were saying that, and I agree that this Brooklyn Nets bench has players on it that easily would start in a majority of NBA teams. Yeah. Landry Shamit would start on a majority of NBA teams. Chris Levert would start on 
I'd think pretty much all except a few NBA teams. Jeff Green, probably about 40 to 50% of the NBA teams. Torian Prince would start on a couple. I mean, these are guys. Jared Allen would probably start on some teams too. Like, they have a whole second string that is NBA starting caliber. Which is why, to me, I think makes the Brooklyn Nets one of the most dangerous teams. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with that. Brooklyn Nets, um, honestly, um, you know, even like a week ago, I was skeptical skeptical of the of the Nets, not knowing if KD and Kyrie would be able to perform, would be able to play together, especially with KD not playing last year, Kyrie going on and off because of his shoulder. I and you know, I just didn't know if they could, especially. Um, also having Steve Nash, an unexperienced coach, but they showed tonight that that they're an extremely talented team and they're easily a, a favorite to win the uh, championship at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant coming back from injury scores 22 points. Kyrie uh, coming back from soldier surgery, 26 points. Joe Harris had 10 points. Dinwiddie had nine. Uh, DeAndre Jordan had four points, but also had 11 rebounds. Their next top scorer was Chris LeVert with 20. I mean, it, it's one of those things where they have that lineup where I, they could easily put in Chris LeVert and Joe Harris. And I think it just, I think that's a thing that works really well for them in terms of who they play. Cause usually on a, like on a normal day for Steph Curry, he's shooting lights out. So putting a, pretty good shooter in Joe Harris against a all-time caliber shooter and Steph Curry is kind of there to like cancel out almost even though it wouldn't come out to that normally it did tonight in favor of the Nets but kind of to do that but then like maybe on a normal night or a night where they play against a team with not a, a dominant shooter like Curry they could put in Levert because he know they know he's going to just perform he may not be lights out three point shooter, but he'll get you the points you need. And I mean, he shot good from three tonight. He went three for five, way better than Curry could ever say tonight. So this this is a Brooklyn Nets team who, and I mean it's early, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good things to like about this team. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like you said, it's early. They've only played one game, but the big takeaway for them is that I mean they've really put their mark on the NBA that like we're a powerhouse. We're not going to be easy to beat this year. We are not the nets of the past. We're the nets of the now and of the future. Yeah. I, this, this is, I could easily see them taking the one seed. I would love to see them play against the bucks and how they'd match up against Giannis. But with the way they played tonight, I think it'd be very hard to stop. Yeah, definitely. Because not only do their stars play well together, and this is right now, their stars are playing well together. Their coach is coaching well, using their depth wisely. And it's they have good depth. Like They probably have one of the best benches with these five players. And Chris Levert as your swinging six-man. And probably one of the NBA, if not the best, one of the the best benches in the NBA. 
And I think that would be the thing for them in the playoffs. Yeah, 100 percent is like with a lot of the powerhouse teams in the league. Um, after their top five, after their starting five players on the bench are obviously good. Like they're they made an NBA roster. They're in the NBA, but uh, for a lot of the powerhouse teams, they struggle. Like they don't necessarily have a lot of depth after their starting five. But the Nets have that advantage where after their starting five, they still have a lot of depth, and that depth can perform as we saw tonight. Yeah. Early in the season, who knows if the Nets can carry on this great play throughout the rest of the season, and who knows if the Warriors can snap out of this facade again. It's one game. Who knows what's going to happen? Warriors are going to get Draymond back pretty soon. Who knows what can happen with the Nets, but from what we saw tonight, I think the Warriors have a lot of work to do, and the Nets just have to keep improving at what they're good at. Yeah, definitely. So, moving on to NBA headlines. Obviously, tonight's tip-off for the new season. No fans in the stands because of COVID, except a couple special guests like tonight, the Nets honored uh, New York frontline workers and they had spaced out spaces in the arena like glassed in areas um, uh, this season shorter than an actual season because what they didn't want to do is have a another weird length off season which would kind of throw the rest of the next seasons no matter if COVID was around or not out of whack so this is kind of to offset it so, should be interesting because, again, like we said, there's a lot of teams that haven't played, even maybe even touched the basketball since March, and then compared that to teams um, who played in the bubble. And there easily could be a huge gap in terms of playing um, between those two groups, and it'll be interesting to see. One of the biggest headlines in the NBA going around is what is going to happen with James Harden. So, Troy, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I I don't I don't see him finishing this season with the Rockets. I think before the season is over, um, he will be on a different team. I think he he's not happy in Houston. He wants out of Houston. I mean, people in the Rockets organization are saying that he's like he's going to leave Houston and party for like two days, then come back for a game. Go back and party again like Dennis Rodman did in the 90s with the Bulls. You can see him. He seems frustrated. He seemed, in the preseason, he did. He seems like he's also put on a lot of weight. He doesn't seem like the same James Harden we've seen before. And we know with Westbrook leaving, it wasn't because those two didn't want to play together. Neither of them wanted to play in Houston anymore. They got Westbrook out. And, uh, I mean, I don't see James Harden staying. I just I don't think he wants to. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, what, today the news broke out on Yahoo Sports report James Harden threw basketball at, at a teammate as tensions rise. Yeah, you saw that today. I mean, no matter how petty that sounds, because, I mean, I've probably had a basketball thrown at me when I used to play. I mean, I don't know if that'd make me want to leave a team. But, again, it's the NBA. Everyone's making a ton of money. Everyone's got – mostly people got a diva mentality. Um, but, I mean – it's one of those things where he clearly 
it's weird because he's saying he wants to stay in, in Houston, kind of, but he's also like not showing like he cares at all if he stays or leaves. Because he had that whole thing where he's like, "Oh, booking a flight to Miami. Everyone, look out!" And everyone started freaking out. But now the Heat's like, "Yeah, we're in, we don't want him. Yeah, we we're not doing that." Yeah, because and now, as in one hour ago, the Nuggets were in talks with the Rockets as well. The Rockets talked to the Nuggets targeting Michael Porter Jr. in, in the potential James Harden trade, but they've nothing's happened with it. They've gained no traction. Yeah, I'm, they've talked to a lot of teams. They've talked to the Heat. They've talked to the Nets. That I think that no one wants to pull the trigger because I think they're obviously asking for a lot in return for him. He is uh, – one of the top players in the NBA when he's at his best. But he's also kind of a flight risk. He he is a diva. There's not A lot of teams don't want that kind of player because they could end up being a cancer in your locker room. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, it looks like he's put on some weight. I'm not going to body shame the guy. Oh, I won't. But... I put on some weight in quarantine. It happens to everyone, but... <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's again, it's that thing, like, what were people able to do during quarantine? And you see one of the all-time, like, all-star caliber top players in the league who was affected by it, obviously. And that will more than likely have an impact on if he gets traded. And I what I don't want to happen is that he falls so far off the cliff that he turns into the next Antonio Brown and becomes the Antonio Brown of the yeah, NBA. No, you don't want that for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't wish that on my worst yeah. enemy. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's interesting because the Rockets had a, had a pretty decent season. Um, it, it, it would, it'll be interesting to see how James Harden plays with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins who are now on the Rockets if he stays or if he's staying but is more than likely going to leave at, say, the trade deadline or if he knows he's leaving and he's just going to play until that actually happens because who knows what could happen from now until the trade deadline or even next offseason. But it definitely looks like James Harden probably won't finish his career in Houston. Again, who knows? My question to you, Troy, is what what do you see happening if Harden is in Houston this season? If he is in Houston, um, I mean, the, if he performs as good as he can or even just around that, they should do fine. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is a he's a good he's a great center, um, has his moments. Yeah, a little injury. He used to be a little injured, but not so much anymore. He should do good. John Wall is a very similar player to Russell Westbrook, who he had chemistry with last year. And it should translate. So I think they probably won't be a top seed in the West with all the drama going on there. But I I still think they're going to make the playoffs if he stays, if James Harden stays. Yeah. That should be interesting. So, after headlines, so the other significant trade that happened was Chris Paul to the Suns. 
And that was a that was I mean this whole trade thing so complicated because you had multiple teams involved. At one point in time, the trade wasn't going to go through. Then it went through, and then you had another trade with the Bucks, with I believe Bogdanovich. Yeah, I think that just failed with the Kings, and they uh, they got in trouble the other day because of how bad it went. I don't <laughs> I don't know exactly the full details, but they went, they got in trouble and they lost like a second round and future draft pick because of it. And it's like I just you know you messed up when you lose a draft pick because you can't figure out how to trade for a player. I mean that's Milwaukee. So how do you how do you feel with Chris Paul and the Suns? I think it's I think it's gonna be really good for them. Um, I mean, what they did in the bubble was spectacular. Uh, I was I felt so bad when they, even though going eight and zero in the play in games, not making the playoffs, that sucks. But they they put that team on the map by doing that. Devin Booker, we've known for the last few years, is gonna be an all or is an all-star in this league, is gonna has the potential to be a top player. And, you know, we all kept saying, you're not going to become that player you have the potential to be if you stay in Phoenix. But he wanted to stay in Phoenix. They brought him Chris Paul, who, I mean, look at what he did with OKC last year. That team should have been bottom of the barrel. They made the playoffs. He is He's a proven leader. And he's, you know, he's up there in age, but he's, he can still play bat. He can still ball. I think that it's going to be really good for them to have that veteran leadership. And I think we could see the Suns making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you because you got, you have an elite score. I mean, no one disagrees in Devontae Booker. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA to some extent because a lot of people love him. But at that same time, they're like, oh, I don't think he's underrated, but he's not talked about. So I, I, I definitely think he's underrated, and I think he's an elite scorer. Well, I know he's an elite scorer. You, you throw whatever fact checker you want at me. He's an elite scorer, and I stand by that. Absolutely. Like, what was it? But, Two years ago, he put up 70 points against the Celtics. Like, he's a, yeah. he's a phenomenal player. Like, he's a great scorer. He just hasn't had that supporting cast he's needed in Phoenix, and I think he does now with Chris Paul and with how they played last year in the bubble. Oh, he's never had it. Yeah. I'm And, and like, you can argue, like, a couple players here and there, but, I mean, if you don't get a full good supporting cast around you, and I'm not saying you need a super team, obviously, but, like, like, like the Nets, they have KD and Kyrie. They built very well around those players. So they have a very, very good and talented roster now, like, throughout a majority of it. Like, 10 out of 15 or so, at least, players on that team could all be starters. And obviously, you have KD and Kyrie, but, like, easily could be starters on any other NBA team. And I think the Suns are going in that direction. I definitely don't know if I'd see them going deep in the playoffs. Who knows? But I definitely think the leadership and the um, experience of Chris Paul would help all the other young guys, especially DeAndre Ayton, as well as the scoring of Devontae Booker, 
turn that Suns team into a legit playoff um, contender. I don't know if I think they're going to go deep in the playoffs, but they definitely should make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I definitely – As either an eight or yeah, seven. Yeah, I definitely am siding with the you know eight or seven seed, making the playoffs, probably not going deep in the playoffs, but getting Chris Paul and him – helping improve that young talent. That's them taking the first steps to be able to become a team that is like solidified top five seed in the West, deep playoff run, potential shot at the title. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I would love to see Devontae Booker in the playoffs. Yeah. I would, I think he would solidify himself as, an elite score in the books of NBA history the second they get into the playoffs. Do I think that'll translate into them going deep? I don't think so right now. However, I think he would shine, and I think the Suns could shock a little bit. It'd be really hard for them to take down, like, a Lakers, Clippers, or Nuggets, but that's a team that, say, you have the Rockets at the four seed. That's a team that I think could shock a Rockets as a as a four seed if they made it to that point. Yeah, I, I mean, if the Rockets are a four seed in the Sun, the Suns they have to play them. Obviously, they they would have to then sneak up into the five seed, which I mean, crazier things have happened. They can do it. I mean, the Rockets team that they have now and the Suns team that they have that would that would be a pretty good series. If the Rockets were to still have James Harden. Yeah. And that's if the Rockets are the four seed. I, I don't know if they would be. Yeah. Speaking of which, conference seeding predictions for the playoffs. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Who's at the one seed? Uh, I got to go with the Bucks. I think and Giannis is a... Phenomenal player. What's he off with back-to-back MVPs now? I see him only getting better. Um, I think they're they're my easy pick for the one seed. I mean, uh, see, it's tough for me to just give it to the Bucks after the offseason they had and then watching the Nets tonight. And yeah. again, it's one game. I don't want to get on, oh, bandwagon, oh, he's going with the super team kind of thing. I think that'll be a very, very tough battle for the one seed. Um, I think that it, it honestly will come to the last few days. I, I personally think it will come to the last few days. Uh, games of the season to determine the one seed. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's not just Bucks and Nets. There's a, there's so many teams in the East that could compete for for that. I, mean, I feel like the East, um, in the past, you know, back when the was in Cleveland was very Cleveland's going to be the one seed. They're going to the NBA Finals. But ever since he's gone to LA, now it's in the East. It's it's open. A lot of the star players in the league are in the East now with Giannis, KD, Kyrie. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Russell Westbrook. It's wide open for them now. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to give the edge to the Bucks because they got Drew Holiday. That is the 
one of the only reasons why I'm going to give it to them because they have Giannis, Drew Holiday, they got DJ uh, Augustin, and Bobby Portis. And I think they've solidified not only their starting lineup, but bench depth, which the Nets obviously have done. But I think the experience of their bench depth could give them the edge, um, especially further down the stretch in the regular season and even the playoffs over the Nets. Because they're a decently young team who do have who do have quite a few veterans, but on their bench they have they still do have some uh, young players. And I think for that team who were who played a lot more for the Nets regularly the past couple of years and last season, getting them into that groove. I mean, it worked tonight, but I think long term. I don't know if it, I'd say it failed because I think they're still extremely talented and that's going to be the thing that will carry them in the playoffs. I think in the regular season, I think the edge has still got to go to the Greek Creek, especially now that he's got Holiday. Yeah, uh, I just – I see him getting better, which is an insane, insane to think about him getting better, how he's been the last two years. And – Especially now, he ha- he's gotten you know, kind of gotten a better supporting cast now, which can go it goes a long way in the NBA. Well, I mean, this is this is hands down the best roster he's had yeah. his entire career. So I, I, that's got to make him better. I mean, does it necessarily mean he's going to get more single handed like targets and stuff? Not necessarily, but I mean, it's just another good thing for Gian. Like there are some times where Giannis maybe just couldn't carry it anymore after a long stretch of carrying that team, which let's be real was a lot that now he can kind of, he can give the ball to drew holiday and trust him to close. He can trust drew holiday to be the, be the guard that that team needs. And they got a pretty decent big man in Bobby Portis too. And I I just think it's going to help. Giannis get better and that team overall be better and I think the veteran presence that they've added is just going to help them in the playoffs more that being said I think that means you have to give the Nets to two seed yeah uh a- after tonight um just seeing how good they look the two stars the depth it's got to be them at the two seed and it could easily be them at the one it's a toss-up really yeah this this is where it gets fit. Yeah, the three, the four, and the five. Um, because, and honestly, maybe even the six, because you have Celtics, Sixers, Heat, and the Raptors. Raptors won a championship recently. Heat made it to the finals last season. Seventy Sixers, well, they're the Seventy Sixers, so. They struggled last year um, in the bubble in the playoffs because yeah. they didn't have Ben Simmons. That I mean, showed Joel Embiid cannot carry the team by himself. But when they have Ben Simmons, the the, the two play great together, and it's tough. Oh yeah, it is tough, especially when you when obviously losing a talent like um, Ben Simmons, who hopefully can carry that team. 
I wouldn't say loathsome, but become the leader that he's expected to be as a scorer that they need to. So Joel Embiid isn't expected too much of him and underperforms every single time because he he is seen as the guy who needs to score all the points every single night where a lot of that can now be on Ben Simmons because he was drafted to be that player. It's kind of similar to Embiid, but Ben Simmons was drafted – that high where like because for him to be that player and I think if he does that the 76ers should be better now with the Celtics I think they had a good offseason I think it could have been a little bit better I would have loved to see them get something out of the Hayward trade but um or out of Gordon Hayward but that really didn't happen um, but they did get Tristan Thompson, which I think is bigger than some people are um, considering. They added Jeff Teague, which I also think is very underlooked. And they drafted uh, Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt and Peyton, I'm going to butcher this, Pritchard out of Oregon. Now, when the Celtics played the Nets in the preseason, they got killed. Killed. Like, Everything that scared me about the Celtics last, like during the bubble in the playoffs when they were playing awfully, probably just lost a few listeners right there who are from local, but it has to be said. They played awful at a lot of times down the stretch in the, bu- in the bubble. We saw it. It killed them in the end. They should have beaten the Heat. Probably wouldn't have beaten the Lakers, but yeah, no. they should have beat the Heat. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> Really, I don't think anyone was going to beat the Lakers. But in terms of the Eastern Conference playoffs, we shouldn't have gone to seven games against the Raptors. Should have been able to finish them off early. And by no means should have lost to the Heat. It's... Yeah. It's just... I feel like this is what this team tends to do. They... They either they're either really good in the playoffs or, or they or they slow down and it bites them in the ass. Definitely, and I I think see I want to give the Celtics a three seed. My biggest thing is have the issues that were there last season trickled down this season because of the shorter amount of time between last season and the new season. Because I think you saw some of it in the preseason game. I don't know for sure, but it definitely was bad. And honestly, some of the worst basketball I've seen this play in a few years. But I think for the Celtics to succeed, and I think this is just a – this is a record – I mean, everyone's going to say this because it's the truth. It has to come down to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, we know they're both talented. I think Jason Tatum has improved every year consistently. He's just going to keep getting better. Jalen Brown, is to me, is kind of a question mark because he'll start getting really a lot better, and then he'll kind of dip down for a while, and then he'll get back up again. Not as much as he was at one point, but he's still improving, and then he dips down. I think if Jalen Brown can prove and consistently improve – it's going to be a game changer for this team because there is a lot, like like I said, 
there was a lot of games that they should have won in that playoffs. A lot of series that should have ended a lot earlier than they did. Should have beaten the Toronto Raptors heck of a lot earlier than they did. Should have beat the Heat. And if both of those players, they consistently improve. I, I have no doubts about Jason Tatum. And I, I want to have no doubts about Jalen Brown. I just got to see it to believe it. I really do. Um, I don't know how you feel. That's how I feel. Yeah, I'm, I got to agree with you. Jalen Brown, he's very up and down. And I mean, Jason Tatum, he's proven himself to be one of the next big things in this league. And like you said, he gets better every year. But really, this year, I'd say all eyes are on him right now. He just signed a big contract in the offseason to stay with us. Um, uh, Brad Stevens is saying that he grew to 6'10", which I, mean, I know he's young. It's not that far-fetched to believe. And I think, obviously, it's true. I don't know why he'd lie about him growing two inches. But, I mean, I think now is the year he really has to – he really has to step up this year, and I think he will, and play at more of like an MVP level this year. And I, I think that he, I think that he's gonna do Ooh. it. I don't think he'll win the MVP by Ooh. any means. Is I, I don't think he'll win the MVP, mm. but I know that he was in at one point last year in top ten for the MVP voting. I think this could be the year that he shows up and. He, you think he crop? He you think he cracks top five? Voting? I think that it's likely. I think he'd be like five, maybe four. But I think it's likely that this could be the year that we really see him step up into that big role. But in order to do that, Jalen Brown has to get hot and stay hot. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like we said with other players, I, I think especially true with Jason Tatum, if that the Celtics team gets hot, like, and they don't have to stay, obviously, guns blazing throughout the season, but like, if the people around him, for the most part, stay consistently good, it's just going to make him even more better, and then he's just going to be better. It like, Which sounds kind of cliche to say, but it's truth. J- Jason Tatum, when that, Celtics team, when that Celtics team plays together and they play even decently well, but they play together, it takes a lot to stop them. I don't know if it's the Boston thing. I don't know what it is. But when they play together, no matter if they're hitting shots or not, it takes a lot to beat out of them because – you might be making the shots that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't making that night, but you got to go through the beast, the defensive beast of Marcus Smart. And now you got to go up against Tristan Thompson. I mean, la- and I pray to God, if we have the Kardashian curse, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. This is something that shouldn't it just stop right now. Well, it shouldn't even start, but it just shouldn't even come back at all. I, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. How legitimately, ah. Oh. Tristan Thompson should be one of the biggest deal makers to making the Celtics seem better because they actually have a, like, consistently – Good, yeah. One of the big problems last year was that the big man we had playing in like close game moments was Daniel Tice, who is he's a great player, but he's not the he's not the kind of player that you would expect to be out there in like the final five minutes of an elimination playoff game. Yeah, 
nothing against him. He's great. Definitely. And he also was yeah, injured. And he was and he was fouling out most games. But if they can get Tristan Thompson into that mix with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Walker, Marcus Smart, then with the four uh the chemistry that those four players have, if Tristan Thompson can get in with those four and he can start making an impact, then I think that um that top five we have will be very dangerous. But Tristan Thompson really yeah. needs to you know, he really needs to mold with those guys. And he needs to be he needs to be not necessarily at the top of his game, but he's gotta be good. Definitely. And I, I think adding Jeff Teague and the two and uh, two guys we drafted is huge too, because I mean that that Neesmith kid out of Vanderbilt can shoot lights out, like lights out, lights out. And I think that kind of deadly shooter, we didn't, we didn't, we don't have that on the Celtics. Even if he doesn't play a ton of minutes, I don't think he will. I don't know if he ever will, but if he fills that role completely. And they can put him in where they need to start hitting shots. Perfect. That Peyton Pritchard kid, I'm not going to lie. I didn't agree with the pick when he got picked. He looked pretty good in the preseason. I hope he looks really well. Because now they have a lot of depth. Good depth at guard. And I wouldn't be surprised if he were to overtake Romeo Langford. Because I think Carson Edwards, um, Pritchard, and Neesmith could be Decent bench options. I don't know if if my concern with that is that they're good role players on the bench. I just don't know if they're going to mesh well enough together as like a second string unit, just because of how young they are, the inexperience outside of Jeff Teague, and but just the fact that to me at least it seems like they're almost certain role players and they may not be able to mesh because. You got the pure shooter in Neesmith. Decent all-around player, but I think primarily defensive on the Pritchard kid. And then you have Jeff Teague, who's a vet, just an overall good veteran guard. How that's going to mesh. Hopefully it meshes well. It's just, it'll be interesting to see how the bench depth that I think talent-wise they improved meshes together as an actual unit which I think has been one of the biggest issues the Celtics have had over the past years because if their starting five doesn't do well, their bench just makes it 10 – would have just made it 10 times worse. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting year for the Celtics. And you know, it's like you said, the beginning of all this, you know, you want to give them the three seed – but you just you just don't know if you can because you know you re- you never really know how they're gonna play on a night in night out basis. One night they'll go in, they'll they'll play phenomenal, but then you know next game, that they'll they'll just look bad and they'll go up against a good team and they'll lose. Yep, and I I think for me, that reason right right there is why I'm gonna give the Heat the three seed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um. I don't know about you, but I'm giving the three the heat seed because they added Avery Bradley, and I think that's that's huge for them because that's a veteran presence on a very young team. Yeah. I mean, you have Jimmy Butler, obviously, um, but, I mean, that I like their bench. I mean, you, got, you have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson who are – Tyler Hero is a young star in the making – 
Duncan Robinson's young stud too. Um, Adebayo, obviously. All young guys who having that veteran presence and a guy like Avery Bradley who also brings good defense is going to be huge for the Heat. And I think that gives him the, the – Yeah, season. and, you know, fresh off of making it to the NBA Finals, taking the Lakers to six games, I think that's going to that's gonna be big for them this year. And, you know, I think, yeah, with how unpredictable the Celtics can be, it, I think they're just who you have to get the three seed to. Yeah. So, that being said, I moved down the Celtics to four. I don't think you can put any other team other than the 76ers at the five. Yeah. Because the Raptors lost Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, and replaced them with Aaron Baines and Alex Len. Who aren't awful, but you're replacing Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul with Aaron Baines and Alex yeah, Lentz. Serge Ibaka was an all-star. You're definitely not gaining as much. Yeah, you're not gaining. Definitely not gaining what you Serge lost. Serge Ibaka, he's a hard um, player to replace. He was huge for them when they won the title. Huge for them last year. Uh, pretty sure he made the all-star game last year. Um, it's you know, it's it's the Kyle Lowry show now. Yeah. I mean, they still, yeah, obviously they got Lowry, Van Fleet, uh, Siakam, Powell, and Anunoby. I just, I think the lack, that lack of experience and talent, especially at the big position now, um, is going to hurt them in the long run. Um, Obviously, you still have Siakam, but I think, I think it's going to kill them. I don't. They're, I don't. They're not going to drop out of the playoffs by any means. I just. I don't see the Raptors. To me, did not get better this offseason when every team ahead of them did. Talent wise, again, who knows how the units are going to mesh together and perform? But talent wise, the Raptors did not get better, and every other team did. That's ahead of them. Yeah, and it's it's, it's tough for them, obviously. They their roster has really the the talent has really only just declined since they won the title, but like you said, they are still a playoff team. They're just they're definitely on a top four seed. Sixers to probably get the five. Raptors could potentially be looking at the seven or eight seed. You know they could make a push for the sixth, but you got to keep in mind they also got to get past Westbrook and Bradley Beal on the Wizards too. Very true. Because then you have other teams like Indiana, the Pacers, who are always competitive. The Hawks are an emerging team. And then you you kind of just have the the rest of the East. I don't know. You have a lot of teams that have the potential to get better. Um, I think the Hornets are taking a step in the right direction. Definitely not enough to make the playoffs, I don't think. Um. The Bulls are crawling away at it. Um, they definitely need to prove that what they've done so far with their roster is it with improving the season. I don't think they'll get into the playoffs, but I think 
the future isn't entirely bright, but it's not dim. Yeah. It just it's kind of like now you gotta prove it. You've got let Zach Levine, you got Wendell Carter, Laurie Marketing, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, healthy Otto Porter. Um, Billy Donovan's come back. You got Garrett Temple too. Like if that doesn't work, then it's back to the drawing table. Yeah, it it's definitely gonna be an interesting then, race for those for the six, seven, and eight seeds. That really, those three seeds could go to anyone. I mean, I think the Raptors most likely have a solidified spot in one of them. But at the end of the day, you never know. I'm going to put the Raptors at the sixth seed because I have too many questions about, about the other teams. Because the Pacers have a really talented starting five. And then they have people who can play the sport of basketball. <laughs> For me, it's tough. Uh, I feel like I want to get, like, I feel like part of me wants to say the Wizards will get the sixth seed, but I think the Raptors still have some experience from their success the last two years, so they probably will sneak in and get the sixth seed. Or no, I guess not really sneak in, but they should have had the sixth seed. Yeah, I think based on experience alone, that'll get get them to the sixth seed. I think losing Ibaka and Gasol is going to kill them in the playoffs, but I I don't see them dropping fully out of the picture. Um, And I think for the Pacers and the Wizards, the big question mark for the Pacers is Miles Turner. If he can consistently be the stud that he has sometimes been – there's no doubt he has the talent to do it. It's just he doesn't consistently perform. If he starts to even slightly consistently improve, like play better on a consistent basis, that team's going to be easily better, way better than they were last year. Because they still got uh, Sabonis, they still got Oladipo, they still got Brogdon, and they still got TJ Warren. Their depth is a question mark, but they'll be a lot better if Turner performs more consistently. And I think that could give them the edge over the Wizards in terms of the 7-8. and eight. It's just a big question mark. And with the Wizards, it's a huge question mark because you don't know how well Westbrook and Bradley Beal are going to play. And you have a young supporting cast um, for the most part, aside from Robin Lopez and Neo, with David uh, Davis Bertans, uh, Hashimura, Thomas Bryant and uh, the rookie Denny uh, Abdija. I think I said that right. Um, so they, they have the potential to be a lot better. I mean, it's not hard to be a lot better than they were last season, but to be a lot better than people say. I think Westbrook and Beal could play really well together because I think they're the kind of guys who play aggressive and like full steam ahead, full game the whole time, which I don't think you had John Wall and Bradley Beal the whole time because John Wall wasn't 100% full steam ahead the whole game, but he put in the extra effort when needed. But I think both those guys have similar playing styles that work well together, and I think that's going to make them even better. Yeah, I'm definitely very interested to see what's going to happen with Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I think that personally it's either going to be they're going their play styles will mesh very well together and they will succeed. 
um, or it's just going to fall flat and it's not going to work. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough question. Um, I'm going to give the Pacers a seven seed because I have more faith in the majority of their roster than I do with the Wizards. But I would not be surprised if the Wizards um, surprised people and maybe stole the six seed. Yeah, I I really can see the Wizards sneaking up to the sixth seed. For me, I do see them finishing at the seventh and the Pacers at the eighth. Um, but yeah, both of those teams have a lot of question marks that are gonna need solving sooner rather than later. So I'm, yep. It it's it's a toss up for me. I'm I'm just gonna choose the Wizards at seven. Moving on to the Western Conference, who is your one seed? I feel like it's it's almost a no brainer. I I hate I hate to be unoriginal, but I'm just gonna go with the Lakers. I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's unoriginal. I think even at this point, it's beyond bandwagon because I think it's pretty obvious to majority of people that they're the best team in the West. So it's pretty obvious and reasonable and logical to give them the one seed without really going much into it. Because I honestly think the Lakers just got even yeah. better. I mean, they added um, Dennis Schroeder. They got a steal on Harrell and they added Mark Gasol. Yeah. Like I I really do think it's going to be them. Like, like you said, they got better, but so did the Clippers and just seeing this game right now, I mean, it's 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 very even. It could go either way. I mean, the Clippers obviously got big help adding Serge Ibaka, but for me, I'm I gotta give the Lakers the edge. They're the one seed. So are the Clippers, Clippers are, the two? are the two for me. Do you think Chris Paul is going to be overall better, not just in the regular season, but the playoffs this year? Um, yeah, uh, for their sake, I hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't, towards the, like, I mean, toward that playoff bubble run for them, well, for him on the Clippers was just one to forget. Yeah. And I think, I, at first I was like, man, Paul George, what happened, man? Like, dude, you're awful. And I'm kind of like, you know, this guy did, like, break his leg in half. Yeah. Like, I've rewatched the it's video. Bad. His leg snapped yeah. in half. It closed like a book, and not in a good way. Not like end of bedtime story good. Leg snapped oh, in yeah. half. It, it, it's, it's pretty much. One, one of the most brutal sports injuries I've ever seen. And I mean, granted, that was a few years ago, obviously. And I think he was still progressing and coming back. Um, we saw what he could do in OKC. He did pretty darn good in the regular season, but prior to the lockdowns and the bubble last season. And I, I think honestly, a majority of it for him, it could have been the coaching. 
there's a whole story behind that in terms of uh, daughters, um, ex-girlfriends, and so on and so forth that we won't really get into. That could have had a factor into it. Who knows? Um, but I definitely think with new coaching, you add Ibaka and, Ken- and Luke Kennard. Um, you lost Harrell, which um, really I think could end up hurting them, but I still think they added talent. So I think they still stick with the two seed, although I think the Nuggets are creeping. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but they're creeping. Um, For me, I think the clear consensus top three in the West are the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. The Nuggets, last year, uh, it was, was, you know, a bit of a shock, but, um, you know, they made that run to the Western Conference Finals. I think that's only going to help them. I think that they're going to use that experience they have from from making the comeback against the Clippers and going up against the Lakers to only aid them this year. And, yeah, like you said, it's not unlikely that they could sneak past the Clippers and get the two seed. Now, my four seed has one of my – because I'm celebrating this, one of my choices for league MVP, and that's the Dallas yeah. Mavericks. Because I think Luka's just going to get that much better. I hope that um, Porzingis is healthy. And even though they lost Seth Curry, they gained Josh Richardson and James Johnson, which is going to make their offense still pretty pretty darn good. But their defense got a lot better. They gave up 104 104- Point nine points for a hundred possession for a hundred possessions last year, which is close to what they did the year before. Because the defense, they 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 could score points. No one can no one can doubt that. It's just they gave up a ton of points t- on the other side. So adding that bit of defense, I think is going to make not like not only the team that much better, but it's just going to allow Luca to – he doesn't have that pressure like to either trying to come back in every game or close it every game. It's going to happen, and I definitely think he can do it. But he's just going to be able to thrive, I think, on this new team, this uh, uh, new roster. And I, I think it's going to make them the four seed. Maybe they could surpass the Nuggets. We'll have to see, but I definitely think Luka Doncic has a shot at MVP. I 100% agree with that. Dallas also, I was thinking for the four seed. And back to what I said about Jason Tatum, about this this has got to be the year. He steps up, plays like the MVP, gets MVP votes, maybe top five. That goes even more so for Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic for me. This, I think it it is likely could be the year that he maybe even gets the MVP or the runner-up. I definitely see him as top three MVP this year. Yeah, yeah. So at my five seed, I have I have the Jazz, and at my six, I have the Trailblazers. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, it, it gets, admittedly, yeah, it, gets, it gets a little tough. In the West after the after the four seed, or yeah, 
I feel like I always want to go with Damian Lillard, but somehow he always manages to get like eight seed. But uh, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the five to to Portland. I think that. I mean, Damian okay. Lillard. He's a great player. He's just. I don't know. I don't know what it is with that team. They. They always seem to be that team that's like has to get hot at the end of the year to make the playoffs. But, uh, it's tough. It's it's a toss up between them and the Jazz. For me. Yeah, I I think for both those teams you have the need of, like, streakiness. So, like, for the Jazz, it's different because they have a talented roster. They have the role players they need. It's just, can Donovan Mitchell be the guy day in and day out? He's proven that he mostly can. It's just you have some nights where he's the guy, other team doesn't perform. He's not the guy while the rest of the players do perform, which is kind of what sunk him sometimes. But... I, I think, for me, why I have the Trailblazers at the five seed is because they're I think they just loaded their roster. They added Robert Covington. They added Derek Jones. They brought back Ennis Cantor um, and Rodney Hood. Um, I think that's just going to make them a lot better. It's going to take a lot of pressure off Dame. And similar to the Mavs situation with Luka, I think it's going to take the pressure off Dame enough where he can just thrive. And I think it's going to make Damian Lillard better also but again still a lot of question marks on how the units mesh and stuff they haven't played a game yet we'll see seven and eight seed this is tough Very um I feel like I, I just I gotta give the seven seed to the Rockets. It it because it's tough because we don't know what's gonna happen with James Harden, but if they have James Harden all year with John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, they should make the playoffs. But I don't think that I don't think they'll be a high seed. I think that I think that seven seed makes sense for the Rockets. Yeah, it, it's really tough for me because I, I, you could put the Rockets in there. You know, you get the Suns, the Pelicans are a rising team. You can't really forget about the Warriors at all. Um, that's really, it's really it in terms of teams. I mean, you still have good players on the Spurs. You have a rising star in John Morant and Memphis, but they're those teams are still in like the rebuild process. And then you want to root for the Timberwolves because they got Carl Anthony Towns. They got D'Angelo um, Russell. They got Anthony Edwards now. Added Ricky Rubio. Um, it's just, no matter, for me, why I don't put the Timberwolves in is because e- even when they get good talent, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, no matter what, Carl Anthony Towns can perform. That's, yeah. That's hands down what's going to happen because it's it's cat. I mean, that's what he does. But they, they had Jimmy Butler also, and it just – it never meshed and never worked. So I don't know if it's going to happen. 
if it even does happen this season, I don't think it's going to be enough to get him in the playoffs, especially in such a contended Western Conference. Yeah, I um, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Like you said, it's never meshed. No matter how much talent they've brought in there, it's never worked. And you know, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns, he's great. He's also had a very rough year personally, so that could end up affecting him on the court as well. You never know. Yeah. So, you have the Rockets at seven. Who are you squeezing in the AC? It's really tough. For me, it really does come down to Pelicans, Warriors, or the Suns. But... I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Suns. I think that, you know, after what they did in the bubble, you know, going undefeated, really putting their team on the map, and getting the leadership of Chris Paul, like we talked about earlier, I really think that this could be the year they squeak into the playoffs. But it's really tough because obviously you have a very experienced Warriors team, even without Clay, they still have Steph and Draymond. Um, it it's just I I know it's only one game, but for me, it's hard to give it to them just because of how lackluster they look tonight. Oh yeah, I mean, because even with with Steph for a good amount of time last season, they went fifteen and fifty. Yeah, like that's. <laughs> Steph, even with Draymond, is only going to give you so much with the roster they have. And I think – I wouldn't be scared at all, really, if I'm a Warriors fan. They may not perform as well, but I, it's not like, oh, oh crap, we're all – like the ship's burning down, you know? Steph's still Steph. Draymond's still Draymond. You're going to get Clay back hopefully at some point. Unfortunately, not this season, but hopefully next. Um, you got a rising stud and Kelly Oubre. You drafted James Wiseman. You added Kent Bazemore. So hopefully this squad meshes better. And and uh, Andrew Wiggins also emerges as the guy who everyone thought he could be. Um, do I think he's going to over overtake Steph at all? Absolutely not. But they have the players now who need to step up and perform for that team, especially when you have Steph putting the team on his literal back. And we saw tonight what that did to him. And I think that would be the reason why yeah. they wouldn't make the playoffs. So we finished our conference predictions. Last couple ones. Four more to go. Award predictions. Who is your most improved player for this year? Most improved. That's tough. Um, if it helps, the other two ones are gonna add our comeback player and MVP. You know, 
this is a really tough one for me. But I think I'm gonna give it to someone like you know what? It it's gonna seem very random, but I think that Zion Williamson could get it. I think that he wasn't the best last year in his rookie season, but I think that if he stays healthy and he plays at a at his the top level that he can play at, I think he's gonna put up some great numbers and maybe gets it. I mean, it's Tough award to predict, but that's who I'm going with. Okay. Now, mind you, to people listening, this is not a legitimate award that they hand out at the NBA awards ceremony every year. It's more of something people just talk about um, as a feel-good thing because um, the award started being stopped being handed out um, a couple decades ago. However... My com- so-called comeback player of the year is Michael po- Michael Porter Jr. And it's because of what he did in the bubble. This kid, um, when he was drafted, he was originally a top-tier talent. Kid could obviously ball, but the injuries is what caused him to fall, and that's how the Nuggets got him. Now, even pe- people even question that pick because the Nuggets got a guy who proved he had talent, but the back injury was significant enough to be a, have huge impact on the value of the pick. Now that he's fully healthy, I think it's an absolute steal because we saw what he could do in the bubble, and I think he's going to come back this season and emerge for the Nuggets and make them a lot better than they thought or a lot of people thought they could be. And I think he could, he could emerge to be the next guy next to uh, – Jokic, even above the rest of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a – it's actually – it's a pretty good pick. You know, he's playing on, you know, this Nuggets team that, you know, it is good. They are – they were successful last year. They're probably going to be successful again. And – yeah, playing with Jokic and Jamal Murray is probably going to help him a lot. And yeah, uh, it's a good pick. All right, most improved player. This is a legitimate award. Wait, didn't I already do it? Mo- We did comeback player, most improved. Who didn't maybe perform as well last season and going to do better this season? They're kind of similar, but you can make the argument that comeback players is for people yeah. who had to deal with injuries or such, like the Derrick Roses of the league. Um. um I'm I'm leaning towards Drew Holiday. I think that you know, you know, obviously he's he's a good player, but you know, he's always been stuck um not always in the best situation in New Orleans, especially the last um last year not having Anthony Davis, but now playing with the Greek freak, Giannis Tentacumbo, I think that's gonna help him a lot and I think that he's he could be putting up some 
phenomenal numbers this year. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that pick. It's not my pick, but I think that's a good pick because, to your point, he's already a really good player, but he's just going to get even better and become household name in Milwaukee because he's playing with Giannis and that kind of thing. You play around good people, you're going to get a lot better. I, I think that's a good pick. My pick... My pick would have to be – this is a really tough one because I want to kind of give it in terms of a comeback player, but I already did that. Um, I really like the Drew Holiday pick, but in the sake of being controversial – I'm going to give it to Devin Booker because I think, like we said earlier, adding Chris Paul and that veteran leadership experience and mentorship is going to make him so much better than he already is. We know he can score, but to turn into the the wise, for lack of a better term, well, no, it's the truth. The wise player that Chris Paul is, and to add that knowledge of the game, that leadership to Devin Booker, I think he's just it's gonna propel him and it's gonna help the Suns. Yeah, that's, that, that's a really good pick too. I the the thought of like someone in the organization crossed my mind. I actually didn't really think Devin Booker. I lean like originally my, my head went like Chris Paul and I was like, nah, he's not gonna improve. I didn't think about Devin Booker. That's a really good pick, actually. All right, who is your NBA MVP? Uh, this this one is tough because I think there's a lot of top players that could go to, like LeBron, Giannis, Luka, Tatum, even like Damian Lillard be in there. But for me, I, I, I'm going to give it to Giannis for the third year in a row. I think his supporting cast has gotten even better. Like we just talked about Drew Holiday. We talked a lot about the improvements that team made earlier when we, gave, when we said they'd, they'd get the one seed. I think that that's just, it's going to make him better. And, you know, if the reigning MVP gets better, most likely that's going to result in another MVP award. So I'm going to go a different route with you, and I'm going to go with Kevin Durant because I think for the people voting – the difference on how and success of your team is going to drive that. So even if the Bucks get the one seed and Giannis still plays MVP caliber, if Kevin Durant can come back from this Achilles injury and play lights out, which, I mean, he did tonight. Who knows if that's going to be the whole season. If he did tonight, I think him being the leader to take the Nets from where they were to where they could be, he does that could give him the edge in the MVP. Although I think it's a very tight race, and if I'm honest, I think it's between Giannis, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, and obviously um, LeBron James. Did I say Luca and Luca? So Luca, LeBron, KD, 
Giannis. I think you can put Lillard in the top five. I think there's a gap between the top four and him. Not overly, not an overly huge one, but still a gap. But I think those are definitely going to be the top five guys to look at and who could be possible league MVPs. But I'm if the Nets do as well as I think they'll do, and KD does as well as I think he does, I think that success of the Nets could propel him to be the Yeah, MVP. that's a good pick. I didn't, I didn't really think about him. But, yeah, I think that that's definitely going to play a role in, in if he can take the Nets from a low seed in the East to the one or the two seed. I mean, that that's the, that's the kind of improvement, team improvement that gets you the MVP. So, yeah, that's definitely a good pick. All right. Last topic of the night, finals predictions. Who's playing in the finals and who... Who wins in the end? Um, um, out of the West, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I think it's really going to come down to Lakers, Clippers, or Nuggets. But I think that the Lakers only got better with, you know, adding players like Marcus So I see them going right back to the finals. And in terms of the East, as much as I'd want to say that this is the year the Giannis goes to the finals, I think it's going to be the Nets. I think that and they have a lot of depth. They have the two stars in Kyrie and KD, two people that have proven themselves to be great players in the playoffs. Um, Kyrie obviously won a championship with the Cavs. He did play in the bronze shadow, but he, as shadows might not even be the good term, he played right there alongside him. He, uh, was the next best player, you know, right up there with LeBron, hitting he even hit the game winner in Game Seven, and KD obviously he's he won two with the Warriors, he's won two Finals MVPs, they're proven winners, and I think that that is gonna help them along the way and bring them to the finals. Yeah, I I gotta go with you in this one, Lakers over Nets. I I think the Bucks definitely have if not the most talented, um, one of the most talented rosters in the each in the East. That's no question. For me, it's one of those things, it's like, that being said, every time we get to it in the playoffs, they don't perform. And it's not always Giannis, it's most of the rest of the team. And I want to say that it's going to be the difference of Drew Holiday adding to it. I think it could be. I just I don't I would rather trust KD and Kyrie in the depth of that Nets team over Giannis, potentially Drew Holiday, and then the rest of that Bucks team. I, I think it would be a really tight series, but I think I'd give the edge over the Nets in the Eastern Conference, and then I I can't see anyone yeah, stopping the Lakers yeah. right now because like I really can't. They won last year. They own. They they just got better. And LeBron's not the kind of guy where he wins. He's now going to take a step back. Now he's just going to keep playing as hard as he was last year because that's the kind of player he is. He's the kind of player that just wants to keep winning. That's why he was in the finals for seven years in a row. Yep. So he's going to take him right back there. And I I just think, yeah, I mean, they got so much better. They they won last year. Um, And I think all that – is going to just be the momentum to just just go through. I would be shocked if the Lakers did not 
yeah. win the NBA Finals. Whether it's over the Nets or the Bucks, I think it'll be the Nets. But I think no matter who comes out of the East, the Lakers. Yeah, and I, you know, last year they did have the so like you know they had AD, but then there was the questions of I'm sure it probably played a role in maybe the locker room of will he stay? Will he go into free agency? If we like, if we win with that, and cement him staying. They won. He's he signed the new contract. He's there for the long run. LeBron's there for the long run. They got that solidified. They're ready to make another title run. And honestly, they're gonna do it. Yep. I I've talked to a few people about this and I've yet to meet to talk to someone who can give point out a huge weak in, weakness in the Lakers that takes them out of the finals conversation. And I, I just think the momentum is so much on their side that it would take a miracle for them to not win the finals. Now, I'd love to see that miracle happen. Do not get me wrong. I would love the Celtics to just dominate, win. Do not get me wrong. I would love to see the Celtics just stomp on the Lakers. But we know that 99.99% of the time, it's not going to happen. But you know what? With the year 2020's been, <laughs> who knows? never know. It's the kind of year where it could be the Knicks and the Kings in the finals yeah. for all we care. Probably I not. don't think that'll happen in five <laughs> or ten years, but who knows? Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Basic Sports podcast. The Instagram page is up and running. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you. Thank you.